Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. And we have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. So good to be back with you. I was away for a few weeks in Israel with a tour, and it was a glorious time taking people. I I never get tired of taking people through a tour of the Holy Land, uh, praying and teaching and worshiping at at the various sites of of where Jesus walked, um, even things uh, that date back into the Old Testament. Uh, well, I don't walk through it anymore. I already have a couple times, but. I love taking people through, or at least leading them to the opening of Hezekiah's Tunnel. Yes, the tunnel that was dug during the time of King Hezekiah's reign is still there. And actually, it's part of the tour. You walk through this tunnel that was built thousands of years ago. Um, and, you know, there's still roads of the Roman, uh, of Roman origin. There's still a lot of things that are first century. We'll take you over to the Western Wall. But we'll actually take you in what's called the rabbi's tunnels, and we'll show you parts of the wall and parts of the infrastructure that are from Herod's time, Herod's Herodian-based stones. Um, you know, whether we take you up on the Mount of Beatitudes or you do your own personal quiet devos under the glassy sea of the Sea of Galilee, it's still very fresh. And so is sickness. Uh, we Many on our team came back with sickness. Uh, it delayed for me about a week, but I've been battling it now for a week. But uh, God is faithful, uh, and and here we are um, being able to be together today, uh, be at church tonight. Tonight is our part two of Freedom from the Past series uh, that we're doing, and uh, we're in between books on Wednesday nights right now. We just finished Second Kings, and we're going to be launching off into a new book soon enough, but I've got some series uh, that I just think are timely words from God to us. And it's a topical series through the book of Romans on freedom from our past and the glorious grace of God. Last week, we studied the uh, significance of the truth that there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And tonight, the Bible study, I've entitled, What, to do, what do I do with my past? Very powerful question to ask, isn't it? Uh, because it's one of the great barriers that uh, people have when they come to faith in Jesus Christ, you're like, but I was so bad. Um, and I want you to know, no matter how bad you are or have been, the grace of God is greater still, and the forgiveness of God is available to you and for you. And once you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, he begins that work on the inside of you. 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. Join me on the air. Uh, that's the way the show works. Um, the show is a call-in show, and give me a call. Our show is 
by way of reminder, and again, we welcome everyone that's on the East Coast on Hope FM, all throughout Maryland, uh, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Uh, I was just talking to uh, the team, uh, or Pastor Joe Foch's secretary, Judy, recently, uh, reminded of the ministry that's going on on the East Coast. We love you guys out there. Uh, Pastor, of course, my friend Bill Lupkeman, uh, my friend, uh, I have quite a few new friends out there that I'm so um, blessed by, Jim Kebney and Johnny Zacchio and uh, Bobby Hargraves, uh, of course, Joe Foch uh, and Bill Lupkeman. Um, I might have already mentioned him, but uh, I love you guys out there. So um, uh, Eddie Panero, um, man, I mean, all of that, uh, you, you've got the uh, McCarricks um, that I've been able to serve with up in Howe, New Jersey, Howe, uh, man, so many that, uh, that the Lord has just brought into my life in the last few years. Uh, my brother's up in Vineland, um, so appreciative of you guys and the work that you're doing up there, and on and on that, that list can go, can it, of just the faithfulness of God, of what he's doing. And so welcome, guys, on the Hope FM. Um, appreciate you guys being uh, a part of our lives here. Um, appreciate you uh, being uh, supporters of Christian Radio. And of course, you guys on Truth FM, you are new friends uh, that we have connected with recently. And remember, if you're listening on Truth FM or Hope FM, you're hearing this one week delayed. Uh, but nevertheless, when you hear the show, we are on the air. So call us when the number goes out. And you will get on the air uh, with us, 303-690-3000. And then, we, of course, we also have a texting line. Uh, the text line is 720-33... Uh, no, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I've forgotten the number. It's usually right on the tip of uh, my uh, mind here. Uh, but I think it's uh, 336-0897, right? Um let me double check and look it up. 303-690-3000. I know that number is for sure accurate. Uh, and then 303-690-3000. At any rate, give me a call. Uh, taking your calls and your questions. Uh, ready to talk about the things of the Lord. And, and just a reminder while we're waiting for the phone lines uh, to fill up. And it is, the texting is 720-336-0897. Is that... Um, our show is more of a pastoral show. It's not really a show to argue or to put a point across or, you know, it's it's not even com- really a, a full Bible answer man show, although we do answer Bible questions and, and we do answer uh, any of the issues with the Bible for sure. Um, but it's a pastoral call. It's a pastoral show where uh, we just come together and we talk about the things of the Lord together. Uh, and And so if you've had something on your mind, like maybe a Bible question um, that uh, you want clarification on, or you want to share a word that you received through the teaching at your local church, or um, you know a host of things along those lines. You want you need prayer. Uh, call us three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and we'll take your call and we'll talk about the things of the Lord. So let's go right to Baltimore, Maryland. James is on the on the line. James in Baltimore, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, James. What's up? Oh, no. I heard James, thank you for taking my call, and um, uh, click. And, and, there you are. Pardon? I lost you for a minute there. Um, I hear you fine. 
Okay, let's go ahead and try. My question is, what does it mean to truly speak in tongues? It means to speak in a unknown language. That's, that's what I suspected. Unknown to the hearer, unknown to the speaker, it bypasses, it's a language, a spiritual language between a believer and, and his or her God, and it's often manifested in an unknown language that a person with the gift of interpretation of tongues is able, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit, to bring a interpretation of that to the crowd, to the group, and it is a what we know it's a bona fide exercise of the gift of tongues when it is an exclamation of praise and glory and honor to God. Yes. And that would be a very basic definition. Okay. Now, can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my kind of interpretation of what I have read and what I thought was that it was when someone speaks in a language that's completely foreign to them, but yet people from that country where that language is spoken, they understand it plainly and clearly. There is a possibility of that, because we see in the book of Acts, the very first yes. outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that is exactly. manifested. Although it's never repeated, we never have an example of that again, it is one example that's given to us, and I, I do believe that's a possibility, that God could use the gift, um, as he did in a proclamation way, to get people's attention so that the Word can be taught, like Peter did. Um, but most of the experiences that you see in the New Testament is more of a personal, relational uh, experience between a believer and his God. But I thought there was supposed to be someone that can interpret what was said. That's a great question, or that's a great observation. So the, the gift of tongues can be exercised in one of two ways. One, it can be exercised in your private prayer closet, and thereby there is no need of interpretation. It's a personal right. gift gift of edification that it, by exercising in and of itself, brings the edification. Although the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that he who exercised the gift can pray for the interpretation. But again, when you're... When you're exercising this gift in your personal prayer language, it, it's exercising of it by itself is is the edification. And then the second okay. way that this gift can be exercised is in a group. And in a group setting, there must be interpretation. If there is no interpretation, then the gift should be exercised privately. It should stop. The prophet, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, the Bible says. And so if it's not interpreted or there's no interpretation, then that gift needs to stop being exercised in that gathering for the moment because without interpretation, it's not to be exercised in a group setting. And then if there is interpretation, it's li even limited to just two or three and then move on to the other opening, other giftings, manifestations of the presence of God within a group setting. Okay. So I, I, I taught on this, I, I would recommend that you go to our website uh, or go to our app and just put in the word tongues, and I specifically laid out um, point by point what we, you and I just talked about uh, that I think okay. would greatly help you. It's just put in the word tongues in the search bar, and the Bible study will pop up. All right. 
Thank you for your time. Thanks, James. How's the weather in Baltimore, by the way? It's cool. Um, but otherwise, it's okay. Good. It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of cool here. They say it's going to snow this weekend again, but we the kind of snow we get, James, in Colorado is it snows and then mostly melts the next day. I'm I'm familiar to some degree with the weather in Colorado. I have occasion to travel to Pueblo, Colorado, from time to time. Okay. Well, next time you're here, may, Pueblo's only about two hours from us. <laughs> All right, brother. God bless you. That would be a little hard to uh, to accommodate, but uh, I, I will consider it. Well, I, I'd appreciate you, even if you do come to Colorado, just remember to pray for us, okay? Yes, I will. Thank you, James. Thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. A shout-out to my friend, uh, Josh Transky, who is planting a church in Baltimore. Uh, another brother that comes to mind as I think of uh, the different areas our radio broadcast is is available. Uh, so uh, shout out to Josh and all that you're doing. Uh, bless you, brother, uh, as you seek to impact your city uh, and are already making an impact. Powerful. All right. Uh, Liz in Denver is on line two. Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, up until about a couple minutes ago, I found out that my nephew, who's eight years old, got mad okay. at something his older brother said and put his shoes on and jacket on and took off. <laughs> took off. So if we can just say mm-hmm. a prayer for him because we have the whole family out there looking for him to see where he could have gone. He's only eight years old. What's his, what's his name, his first name? Adrian. God, we lift up Adrian to you too right now as he, in his own eight-year-old mind, is taking things into his own hands and yeah. and is frustrated with his life right now and thinking that he's going to send a message uh, by by leaving like this, Lord. Would you please protect him? Would you protect him and, and maybe even just in a very quick way bring him some type of conviction of spirit to go home so people yeah. will stop worrying about him so that he won't be hurt or taken advantage of? Um, and knowing that he's not as smart as he really thinks he is right now. But he also has a message to share. Uh, he has something he's on his heart that he wants people to hear. And I pray that when he does come back, there would be a platform that he can share his frustrations in a way that will be matched with love and compassion. Uh, even though, you know, we'll, there's that sense of, um, God, there's that sense of frustration and relief um, when he comes home, and we pray that by faith. But just in all the emotion, I ask God that you would um, give him a platform to share what he's feeling and and that those feelings would be heard and met with love and compassion and help. And so bring him home safely, Lord. We want to hear uh, from Liz even before the show's over that the boy's home. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Thank you, brother. I really believe, Liz, I really believe that's an important part of his life. I felt like that was from the Lord, yes. like that he would be heard. It is, and... And as you were praying, ironically, yesterday I got home and I took a nap and I had a dream about him and I had a dream about him just being so hurt and just, yeah, and like something was going on and I didn't think anything about it until now that you were praying, it came to my mind, I remembered it. 
Well, it sounds uh, like you're going to be a part of the help, so I hope um, I can't wait to hear the follow up. Yes, yes, I will definitely give you a call back. Thank you, Pastor. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. 303-690-3000. You know, I think all of us listening in, we're a little bit older, of course, and we think of the frustrating times when we were kids and and talking about mo- running away or, or, or really just wanting um, to be released from a frustrating situation. And I got a text from a, a brother in our church recently that uh, his his kid is older and, and, and a lot of frustration. It just seems to be a lot of a division between children and their parents or in some cases, children and their grandparents. And uh, I just want to pray for that. I want to pray. Uh, Father, I pray for the division uh, between parents and kids right now uh, for a variety of reasons. It's not just the kids' fault in their decisions. It's sometimes us as parents. And I pray for all the parents in the, that are separated from their children right now uh, because of divorce or, or animosity within the relationship. I pray sp- also for grandparents that are separated from their grandkids and the pain and sorrow that that brings in their lives, that, God, it was never your intention um, in your creative order to see so much division and and so much animosity, uh, and, and at such a heightened level, Lord. And we, we pray for peace and comfort to those that are hurting tonight, those that are reeling from divorce, uh, those that are reeling from decisions that are made against them that they have no... Um, you know, like we learned last week, Lord, and uh, condemnation has that idea of a decision made against you. And uh, we just live in that realm. Uh, it's just the, the, the brokenness of sin has made that even more um, with social media and stuff. I just pray for the people that are hurting, that, that, are, that are discontent today or, or jealous when they're seeing people's lives on Facebook or are just wrestling with life, that you might be the full place of satisfaction and peace for us, Lord, that we would abide in you and receive your daily strength, drawing from your full resources, not our meager, fleshly resources, and that we would live by faith, the faith that you've given to us, to trust you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I got a text question uh, as the phone lines are filling up uh, that I want to address. Uh, Pastor Ed, um, my husband and I felt like uh, God was leading us to move from the state of Colorado, but today my husband got offered a job in the Springs, Colorado Springs. Should we take this as a sign that we should stay? Or do we continue to move forward with the plans of moving out of state even though there's now a job opportunity? Can you please help us pray about this? We need clarity and direction before we act in a situation that may not be God's will. Well, I have to say, uh, it's not signed, but I have to say to to you that uh, praise the Lord that one of your two op- or both of your options are pretty positive. Uh, we, it doesn't always happen this way. And now God has allowed a, an opportunity to be before you that go, if you choose one or you choose the other, uh, it can be a very positive thing. And, and while I don't know exactly what God's will is for your life, um, it certainly sounds like that you have begun to pray about whether you take the job in Colorado Springs. And, and I encourage you to do that. Um, it could very well be from the Lord. Uh, and and whether you move out of state, so so here's the thing, whether you move out of state, whether you stay put where you are, or you go to Colorado Springs, all of them are going to require a step of faith of trusting in God, and 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 even as you're you know I think uh, as you're praying and you make the decision, just remember the Lord will lead you along the way. Um, I love one of my favorite passages in all the Bible is when Abraham's servant is giving his testimony and he does it twice. And he uses the phrase, while I was on the way, the Lord led me. 
while I was on the way, the Lord led me. And just be on the way like you are. And, you know, I, I could give you a lot of theories. I can give you a lot of, uh, well, if you did this and did that, but let's just pray. That's better. And I'll just pray. God, I pray for this decision. Uh, that There's at least three options. Um, and I pray that they would be open to what you're wanting to accomplish in their lives, Lord, and what that looks like, and that you would lead them by faith uh, and establish them and strengthen them uh, and fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I got another text today. Hey, Pastor Ed, got everything moved, and I'll be staying at my new place tonight. And so uh, I know who this is. I'm not going to share their name over the air, but I just want to rejoice with the Lord that there's a new season. Uh, And so, Father, I pray for this uh, person that is moved in and now has a brand new place to live, a a fresh new start. Uh, It's been needed. Uh, It's even been wanted. And so I want to thank you on behalf of my brother, and I want to thank you that you would uh, provide a new place um, because you know what my brother needs before uh, he needs it. And, And I just thank you. And I know that a lot of other people are waiting on things that haven't happened yet. But even in the waiting, God, you are faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give me a call. Open lines, 303-690-3000. Take an open line while you can. And I want to go to line one is Terry uh, in Centennial, Colorado. Terry, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. So my question is kind of related to the text that you got. Um, So along the lines of, like, stepping out and taking, having faith, I have a hard time, like, distinguishing between what I'm hearing from God or is it just me saying this is what I need to do, and how do I really know? Because I feel like it's such a struggle sometimes that I just wonder if that's, God shutting the door on some changes, or just, is it just me just not having the faith? So that's along the lines of my question. Well, I think that when we're in a, when we come to a place like that in our lives, we start to sort out some things that we know for sure. So for example, we know for sure that it's not God's will for us to proceed in some sinful way. And so we factor it through that grid. And we know for sure that... God wants us to do things that are in accordance with his word. So not just is it obviously sin, but is does it does it match up with his word? And you know, let's take this example about moving. Um ultimately the the example about moving is a step of faith. It's just believing yeah. God. It's you know, it's so so like I would I would ask the question is moving to Cal, uh, moving to out of state a sin? Um and in general we would say no, right? But let's right. say that that person texting me was trying to run away from something. And we'd say, well, it's not God's will for you to run away. And I'd help them pause and say, okay, so obviously moving to another state is not in and of itself sinful. But then we start to examine our own heart and say, well, what, why? Am, why? What's my motive? You know, what, where, what is God doing? In, in, is he leading me? Is it, or is it just my personal desire? Um, but it's okay because as you're abiding in Christ, your desires are actually his desires. And so if it's not sinful and, and it's not from ill motives, um, then just step out and see if God's in it or not. You know, what's the worst okay. that can happen? You know, you stepped out, <laughs> you trusted God. And, you know, I yeah. can tell you what, what, I can tell you what can happen. What can happen is 
we have this expectation that stepping out, let's say this family moved out of state and it was a miserable failure, at least in their eyes. Uh, The job that he went to didn't work out. They couldn't find a house. They're struggling financially. And so they conclude, this was not from the Lord. And then if they called me, I'd say, really? Are you sure it wasn't from the Lord? Because everything in our life has come through the hands of God. And what if God led us to do something so that we might we might fall on our face and cry out to him. Okay. And let's let's make sure that our criteria for judging whether something's from the Lord or not remains in that place of abiding that the Lord's taking care of us that is you know because I I'm in Aurora today because I took a step to move toward an, a pueblo and fell on my face and it was painful and hard yeah. And I doubted, and I went through all these emotions, but it was absolutely 100% from God that I experienced that to get me to Aurora. But you, would have, you wouldn't have been able to tell me that back then because I just didn't see it. Yeah. And it's when I got my eyes back on the Lord, trusting him that he wastes nothing in my life, that he began to open doors, and I find out, um, I find out that I'm, here I am, and I've been here for 20 years. And so a passage of Scripture that I like to use as a guide— um, is in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Okay. And it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a, cl- a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. And then he says, verse 14, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing, and you know, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So there's some things to look for. You know, mm-hmm. be in love, be in a place of forgiveness, letting the God, letting God's peace rule. Um, it's not the only indicator, but it's a good to know, you know, I think I'm going to step out in faith, make sure it's according mm-hmm. to God's word, that it develops a worshipful heart, and then he ends in verse 17, here's the final thing, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so, whatever we end up doing, let's do it in the name of the Lord, with love and thanksgiving and peace, uh, and let's see what God wants to do. That's very helpful. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you called. Yes. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> you are welcome. God bless you. All right. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. So encouraging. Uh, it's not an easy thing to be waiting on the Lord and to make a decision, but you know, either the decision to do something or not do something is still a matter of faith. It still takes faith to believe that this is what God wants us to do. But I think we do complicate things. Uh, where we, we're waiting for some miraculous sign or some shooting star or some feeling when we just make our decisions by faith, day by day. You know, it's not sinful. It's not contrary to God's word. And and we just we make so many decisions that really our posture needs to be in a place of abiding and just enjoying the presence of the Lord, enjoying Him in our lives. And from that posture... We know that the decisions we make are unto the Lord. And no matter the outcome, uh, we're going to continue to walk by faith, trusting him that God 
that he led us there, that he allowed us to be there, and that he is going to use all things to working them together for good for those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. It's beautiful. Hey, we're coming up on the first and only break. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 tonight at Calvary. And I know you guys listening in from afar, you can connect with us by technology. Uh, so just go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, or go to our free app. And you can just put in Calvary uh, Ed Taylor or Calvary Aurora, two words, and our free app will come up. And you can connect with us. You can support us financially. You can listen to all our archive messages. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone. We only have one really quick break where I can stretch a little bit and get some water. And we're back with the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I have the privilege of pastoring here at Calvary Church in Aurora, and I know that some of you are wondering, why are we calling our church Calvary Church now? Well, we have added the name church to our uh, to our list of names. We're known by a lot of names in town here, Calvary Chapel Aurora, Calvary Aurora, uh, the church uh, next to the Safeway in Aurora, <laughs> and, uh, and so we have uh, added the name church to help identify us more clearly in our community that we are indeed a church, uh, sometimes as Calvary Chapel, uh, we are associated with a wedding chapel, and we're not a wedding chapel or a food bank or a school. Uh, we're a church, even though we do have um, we do have opportunities to serve our community in a variety of different ways. But you know, you might have heard what what's up with Calvary Church? Well, we've always been a church, and now we're just adding that word to our name and changing things up a bit to keep things fresh and to reach a new generation and a new community. And very very exciting things that God is doing through our church here and. Uh, we are, uh, as anyone asks, we are a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches. Uh, we will always be a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches. Um, that's where I was saved. Uh, my pastor uh, is Calvary Chapel, one of the first generations of Calvary Chapel pastors. And, uh, you know, we are a part of a rich heritage. Uh, and I'm grateful to be associated with so many wonderful men and women uh, within our Calvary Chapel movement, dating back uh, to the late 60s and a man by the name of Chuck Smith. Uh, and I so appreciate Chuck Smith and his faithfulness over the years. Uh, because of his faithfulness, God chose to use him as a vessel to bring the gospel to a group of people that were not really reached. Uh, and and by the time I come along, you know, uh, 30 years later, um, I was in a category of unreached people. And now here we are 20 years after that, and we're reaching out to a group of unreached people. Uh, and and it just goes on and on. And so we are Calvary Church. We even have a new website, Calvary. Well, it's not, it's, the website's not you new yet, but the address is calvaryco.church, calvaryco, which is, stands for Calvary, Colorado, calvaryco.church. And uh, we're, we're just so grateful to be used by the Lord. And we were, look, we're celebrating our 20-year anniversary this year as a church. And just thinking back to all the changes that we've made and all the things that we've been able to be a part of. And 
And, you know, I have been uh, reminded uh, over and over again, uh, specifically by our friend Pastor Greg Laurie in his book, Jesus Revolution, uh, that the the message never changes. Remember that. The message of the gospel never changes. But the methodology of delivering it must change. Our methods must change. And, you know, that we could think of that in a variety of different ways. I did a series in our church recently on Sunday, on Saturday and Sunday um, that uh, is also on our app uh, if you want to hear some of the explanations of what God's doing in our church. It's called, uh, what do we call that series? Uh, Love the Past, Live the Future. Love the Past, but Live the Future. And, and that's really a, a key element in our relationship with the Lord is, is we, especially as a church family, as we continue to go forward, we, we, we love and appreciate and respect the past. As a matter of fact, if you, um, so many people in our church today uh, have just joined us in the last couple years, um, you know, even the last, if, if anyone joined Calvary Aurora in the last 13 years, then all they know is the building in which we worship in right now. Uh, because thirteen, almost thirteen years ago, or twelve years ago, we moved all of, everything into that building, <clears throat> and but, but prior to that, we met seven years in a school. Prior to that, we rented a space over for you guys in Aurora here. Um, the folks in at New Life Church over on Iliff were so Pastor Jeff and his team there were so gracious to us, letting us use their upstairs and their children's ministry for our midweek Bible studies. And then there was a brother, well, he wasn't a brother in the Lord because we kept sharing the gospel with him, but Nader is his name. We still, I still pray for him. I've lost tra- touch with him, but he owned the strip mall across the street uh, from us where the movie theater is, the movie tavern, and we rented space from Nader there for three and a half years where we had a cafe there and a bookstore and we had offices and a little stage where we did small events there and men's and women's Bible studies and stuff and I don't know, it was about 6,000 square feet or so. And then we also met at the Episcopal Church uh, on Buckley, and uh, we were everywhere. Like, God blessed us everywhere. And if you come to the building today and you worship with us, uh, we're the same church. We're the same church when we met Saturday nights on the little Baptist church down the street on Hampton uh, when when I moved to town and was entrusted with the care of this leadership uh, of this church when we just met in this little uh, walkout basement uh, floor of uh, Baptist Church, and we're the same church, um, same church. We we worship together, uh, we fellowship together, we break bread together, we teach the Bible verse by verse, but, and there's still people with us that were with us back then, we're also a different church, and and that's okay. We need to, we, we need to adjust to the times. We're the same church, but we're uh, we're different, and and that's important to adapt to our culture around us and to adapt. Like for example, if you were in our church, uh, you know, twenty years ago, nineteen years ago, you wanted a copy of the message. You got you 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 had to wait for us to copy a blue see through cassette tape, and Brother Irwin would print those um, labels out in his garage, and get them all ready for us, and then you could put an order in and you'd get your tape. We had to start with one, we had one duplicator, right? One little cassette-to-cassette duplicator, like a, it was for a stereo or something, uh, like a big um, stereo. It's hard to describe now, right? Because you listen to everything on our iPads, but our iPhones. But 
and, and you had to order it and you'd get it next week. And then we went from cassettes to CDs. And now we went some CDs to MP3s. And we went from MP3s to uh, getting everything on an app. And I wonder what's next. Um, and, and so the methods must change. But the message doesn't change. And so I, for one, love my history. I value it. I treasure it. I'm grateful to be a part of the Calvary Chapel family of churches, um, you know, whether it's the Calvary Chapel Association uh, or my friends in the Calvary Global Network. I'm grateful to be a part of the F- Calvary Chapel family of churches uh, to serve and to love, um, to extol the distinctives that make us a family of churches. But I also live for the future, and I'm grateful to be uh, to be a part of what God's doing now and until He returns. And I hope that's how you feel about your church. Uh, because it's pretty exciting of uh, what God, God's still on the move. He's not done. He's still doing new, fresh things. He's still reaching new people. He's doing it different too. It's different, different. Um, it's so exciting to discover. It keeps me uh, dependent upon the Lord and the Holy Spirit. So phone lines are open, which is unusual for a Wednesday, but phone lines are open. Uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. And we're going to move on to Maryland again. Cat is calling from Maryland. Kat, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Um, I have been better, but I am trying to hang in there. <laughs> okay, um, what's going on? Uh, I'm calling for a couple of things. Um, first off, I little backstory. I, I called maybe a couple months ago when I just happened to come across your radio station, and I listen to you on a regular basis, and I love Love listening, and thank you. Um, I am facing an unwanted divorce. I don't know if you remember me calling. And our trial, our final trial date is in three weeks. And I'm having a very hard time with it. Yes. Um, I'm really struggling with anxiety in ways I haven't struggled since all of this started. Um, there's extreme infidelity that's been at the root cause of all this. And uh, I'm having a hard time getting over that. And I'm, I'm trying to find words of strength for me in court. I'm trying to find something to hold on to as to how I'm still to proceed with this because the Bible doesn't speak exactly in this way. It doesn't tell a wife what to do when the husband leaves and then how to handle it in a way that is graceful and to fight like how God would want me to fight and yet still make sure that I'm not doing it the world's way when it's so easy to do that. And how to still love my husband through this and pray for him. You're right. The Bible doesn't give a lot of instruction on that. I think that uh, what the Bible does do is give instruction on how to how to handle the difficulties of of sin. And and what makes this so much harder. This isn't something that I've personally experienced, uh, but I have experienced some things that gave me a similar feeling, and that is to be knocked off your equilibrium. You know, to feel like you've been punched in the gut, and yeah. and you know when when you're punched in the gut, it it's like all your energy, all your effort, every single thought is just get the next breath, get the next breath, and there isn't really a lot of thought to well, what do I do when I start breathing again? 
uh, and then when you start breathing again, you're like, oh, now I, now I have a whole host of other problems that I need to face. And so I just want to affirm to you right now that what you're feeling is normal. Um, and I'm sorry you're feeling it. It's, it's very difficult to, to, to have such betrayal and pain uh, from someone that, you know, I, I, I like to say this. And forgive me if it, if, if it brings any more pain, but I hope it doesn't. But I, I want people to understand when I use the illustration that when we, when we come to the altar to get married, we don't plan on divorce. No, we don't. It's it's not a part of our thought process. We we and I know that when you um, when you were married and you gave your vows, you meant them, and I'm certain that he did too. Um, it's just too bad that the temptations of life over overtook him, and he made some really bad choices. And and so I'm going to recommend a ministry to you that specializes in this. It's called, and you'll need to Google it, but it's called Divorce Care, C A R E. And currently we have that class here in our church for people that have gone through a divorce. And, and it, actually, it actually is designed to specifically speak to the things that you mentioned and the things that you're feeling that you might heal uh, and love your husband and, and hold out as for the best. Um, hold out for God's best in your life and in his life. And, and, and it's just really a class to provide you the information you need to surrender your life to Jesus and trust him through the process. Okay. Um, how do I continue to stand for my marriage even in the midst of this? I don't... Well, I, I'm having a hard time understanding this because God speaks so much throughout Scripture when he does mention the, the marriage relationship. He says he hates divorce. So how does I I just don't understand. I know that God allows things to happen. I know that we have free will and that sin has entered in and we make the choices that we do. And I I understand it as much as, you know, the next person and we don't like it, but I don't understand how God has been so willing to answer every single one of my prayers in this past year and a half. And yet I want to believe that, that he is working on the other side of the mountain, that he is working on my husband. But yes. I don't understand why he hasn't shown himself, why he isn't fighting for my marriage, why he isn't fighting for that. My husband was a Christian at one time. I don't know where he is in his walk anymore. Well, let's, let's That's where I that. struggle, is how can my God... Who says he hates divorce? Let this happen. Well, let's talk about that for a second because these are really real emotions that come from our relationship with God. And and let me just say, even though you don't sense it right now, God has been at work. Um, God is at work. And and while the focus is a, a lot of the focus has been on changing your husband, where the real work is taking place is in you. And. <laughs> And, and here's, here's a place that we set ourselves up for great disappointment, and that is in our prayer life, we not only are asking God to work, but we also have in our minds exactly how he will work or how we want him to work. And then when things don't happen the way that we desire, it's very easy for us now to be affected by someone else's sin by becoming mad, angry, 
and frustrated with God. And, and we're just setting ourselves up for, like, like a prayer that, that, you, that will bring you peace and comfort isn't, isn't just, God, pr- I want you to change my husband, uh, bring my marriage back. Don't, please continue to pray that. I'm not in any way telling you not to. But remember, when we pray, we pray where? In Jesus' name. And what we mean by that is that, God, I am willing to accept your will and what you allow. Because one thing God's not going to do is he's not going to force your husband to make any changes. He's not going to force your husband. He'll, he'll arrange circumstances that will bring your husband to a place of decision. He'll, he'll allow the consequences of sin to bear down heavy upon him. If your husband truly is born again, then he is sinning against the very presence of the Holy Spirit inside of him. And, and so we know that God is at work, but the real work that's taking place is in you. And... And believe me, I I I get where you're. I I, under, I I I grasp the direction you're going, and I grasp the frustration that comes when we're asking God to do a certain work a certain way, and and the appearance of the prayer is that He's doing nothing, and it's only getting worse, and it's, and the normal human sad. response my, is to feel it, what you're feeling. God literally just like grabbed me. It was the first time I went back to the Bible in, I don't know, 13 years. Like I just saw him chase after me. I saw God pursue me. I saw how he fought for me and I've seen how amazing he is. And I'm just wrestling with. Yes. If, if he can do this for me, if he has done this for me. Why? Well, there's a piece that's different with you than with your husband, and that is he is pursuing your husband. That is, he is bringing, again, especially if your husband is born again, he is there with your husband, but what's lacking is your husband's response and cooperation. What's lacking is your husband's repentance. And so here's the thing. As long as we focus on on your husband, I'm only going to be frustrated, hurt, I'm actually going to be re-hurt over and over again. And what I need to do is like the prodigal son's father. I need to get back to what God's called me to do. I need to get back to my life. As painful as it is, I'm not asking you, I'm not, I'm not instructing you biblically to pretend it never happened, to pretend you're not hurting, to pretend that you're not frustrated, not in any way whatsoever. But the reality is, is that this is the current condition of your life. And you've entrusted your life to a God who cares and it's important that you get back to your daily life. It's important that, as I learned from, I learned from Elizabeth Elliot, that we do the next thing, and we do the next thing, and we live our lives honoring God with our life, and we entrust our husband and all those other difficult situations to God while we're, while we're living in abiding relationship with him. Uh, because every time, you, you know how it is, right? Every time you yeah. look to him, you get frustrated. But every time you look to the Lord, you get encouraged. And, yeah. and so let's train ourselves to keep our eyes on the Lord. Okay. And look up divorce care. Keep praying for your husband. Um, I, I have to say, you know, in, in, um, uh, in, I, 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 my heart is with you, not because of divorce, but when my son, um, when my son laid in a coma, and my wife and I were 24 hours 
a 24-hour day-by-day watch. We wanted to be the first one that when his eyes opened, he would see his parents. And we diligently cried out to God, and we asked God to change the circumstances. We asked God to allow us to make decisions about his life. We asked God for him to wake up. We asked God for a variety of, of, of things related to the very life of our son, only to have the end be that he entered into the presence of Jesus Christ. And, and in, in, in when, the enemy gets, when the enemy gets a hold of our minds, we start thinking, well, God didn't do what I asked him to do. God didn't answer my prayer. Where was God? And, and those are all real questions that you can bring to him. It's okay to bring these questions to him. But the reality of, of this is, as we continue to grow, is that um, we experience painful things in life. And including, you, you know, a lot of the feelings you're having right now, Kat, I don't know if you recognize it, but you're actually going through the stages of grief. You're grieving over your husband and grieving over your marriage. If you, yeah. if you look, you're grieving over great traumatic loss. And the questions that you have and the frustrations that you feel are normal. God doesn't judge you or condemn you for them. And he's at the same time comforting you and encouraging you and reminding you that yes, on this earth we experience great pain and injustice, but we're not going to be here forever. And even while we're here, God offers comfort and healing and strength for today and hope for tomorrow. And even though you don't feel it right now, things seem to be getting worse and worse. I, yeah. I can assure you that things do get better in Jesus Christ day by day because he is a faithful God who loves you Amen. and cares for you even in the midst of pain. I know the so things I, you say are true. And I, and all you, you don't need to even muster up enough to believe every single one of them. Just do what you're doing. Receive them. Let the Holy Spirit plant them into your heart like a seed. And you know, over time, like a seed. You know, the thing is, the thing is, Jesus put it this way. He said, unless a seed is planted into the ground and dies, it doesn't grow, does it? And so there is so much death to ourselves that needs to come in our life. And God does it a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's super painful, like the loss of a marriage or super painful, like the loss of a child or super painful, like a thorn in our side that is daily an adversary in our lives. But all of it, the reality of sin in this world, all of it is designed to, to draw out of us a deeper desire for another place. Because when you factor in heaven to the reality of our pain, a place where God wipes away every tear, we're like, oh, Lord, you are so faithful. I know that this world is not my home. And, and you begin to be able to live. You know, you're kind of looking for a time of living without the pain, but God is going to teach you how to live with the pain and glorify him to everyone in your life. You're not there yet, although you are there yet, because you sound like a very brave, strong woman that's trusting in God. And and I just want you to know it will get better. It will get better. And who knows? <laughs> it, the better could be, and we don't want to lose hope, the better could be being reconciled with your husband. That's my prayer. And let me just say, let me say one more thing before we pray, and that's this. When the Bible says that God hates divorce, you guys listening in, and who's experienced divorce and the, what it does to people, what it does to kids, what it does to the body, what it does to the testimony of Christians. And even as you hear Kat right now and the anguish in her life, 
This is why he hates divorce. The pain and long-term consequences that it brings upon his precious creation, that's why. It's the, very similar to why Jesus was weeping at the, at the tomb, of Mary, or a tomb of Lazarus. He was weeping over the condition of grief and sorrow and pain that death brings to his creation. Why? Because he loves you. And he desires a deeper relationship with you and me. And, and through pain, he gets it. Um, we do cry out to him. And we do draw near to him. And we do surrender to him. And, and we just, like I was sharing with our team today, we got to have a thick skin, but we keep our hearts soft so we could be usable for him. So, Father, I pray for my friend and sister in Maryland, uh, Kat, and I pray that you would encourage and strengthen her, just even just moment by moment by moment. And I do pray for the reconciliation of her marriage. I pray that you would continue to establish her as he, she stands for the covenant she made to this man, even willing to forgive, uh, even willing to you know, trust you, Lord, no matter what comes her way. And I pray for a a, a, a specific um, outpouring of your grace in her life, that not only would she know that you're the God of all comfort, but that she would feel and experience it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Stay in touch Thank with you. us, Kat, okay? All right. I will. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, it's a, I think, uh, again, once again, you know, Pastor Greg uh, has, Greg Laurie has poured into my life so much. Um, and and I'm reminded of something he said. I don't think it originated with him, but um, he said that if we uh, seek to minister to the hurting, uh, we'll never lack an audience. And you know, the truth is, church, the truth is, radio friends and gang around the country, is that everyone's hurting. Everyone, believer and unbeliever alike. Sometimes it's more raw than others. Sometimes, you know, it's um, it causes us to run to the bottle or it causes us to run to pills or relationships or even getting mad at God is a response to pain. Um, and just to affirm, because we're coming up on the end of the show, but I just want to affirm from God that he loves you. And he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. And stuffing down the hurt won't help you. Trying to drink it away won't help you. Trying to smoke it away or snort it away or pop a pill away, it won't help you. Um, the temporary um, happiness you get from the party scene, from the, you know, the uh, Mexican nightclubs, you know, with the Mexican music or the or the rave parties or... Um, you know, just the, the little wine parties, you know, or the whiskey and cigar parties that you have talking theology that will not give you the comfort and the ease uh, that you're looking for. It's only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Becoming a control freak doesn't make it um, that, that trying to, to order and rearrange things, pouring yourself into your work and working 16 hours a day. Um, you know, I know you're making a lot of money, but you're now you're destroying the physical now you're destroying your physical temple while your spiritual temple is under. And I could go on with a list of things. I, I, I could think of a many things that of people that have sat in my office or I minister to that uh, have chosen. But the, the answer to your difficulty is to turn to the Lord today. 
and be open to a fresh work of His Holy Spirit. Maybe even the answer to you is for the very first time in your life to repent of your sins and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that Jesus Christ is alive and He's the very sum and substance of hope, that today you would turn your life toward Him. You could pray to God and say, God, I admit that I've sinned against you and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe you sent Jesus Christ to live for me, to die for me, and I believe he rose again from the dead to save my soul, and I submit my life to my God, the one true God who loves me today. And I ask you to help me, God, to forsake my sin. It is deep-rooted in my life so that I might live my life for you. If you prayed a prayer like that, if you asked God, if you talked to God and asked Him to forgive you of your sins, God hears your prayer. And you can go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, and up on the tab, it's, it's, there's a tab that says how to know God. Go to it and look things up. And, and all the information uh, that's needed to follow God is available right there. It's right at the top. So it's on the left-hand side, the little lines there. You click them, and right there it says, Jesus loves you. There's a new believer's guide, how to grow in your faith, and even things for your kids that responded to the gospel. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. I love you and appreciate you, your family. See you tonight at 7 o'clock. The Lord bless you and keep you, and Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.